0: church family good morning it is always good to be in the house of the lord it is valentine's day brother honey i hope you came through i hope you came through you know it's 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 amazing to me how we continually learn from each other amen and uh, i i love my deacon body and and even former deacons and and so i'm not going to mention names But I thought I would tell a little something this morning. And I come into my office and somebody put something on my desk. They said, read this later on. And uh, and I read it already, by the way. Interesting letter. But I looked at this individual. I said, well, I said, what did you get your sweetie for Valentine's Day? And he just looks at me and he said, well, ain't I enough? (laughs) I won't mention names, but his initials are E.C., and so, anyway, he's going to have to make up something. I'm not real sure, but I, I, Talena, I'm learning from my deacons. I just want you to know, and they're learning from me. But church, happy Valentine's Day. It's a, it's a special day, right? It's Valentine's Day is always a special day. My, my wife and I got engaged on Valentine's Day 23 years ago. And so Valentine's Day is always a special day. In our home, it's a day that you get to go out and you get to buy your valentine something special so they, they know just how much you, you care for them. Some of you probably bought roses, yeah? Some of you probably bought cards. Some of you probably bought chocolate-covered strawberries. I know I did. So brownie points for me. Some of you probably took your honey out to eat, unless you're Michael Brackett, and you didn't get to do that because you waited too long to call, didn't you, brother? And uh, uh, you know, and, and some of you, maybe you're going to stay in and cook Valentine's. Roger told me he's got steaks marinating at home, evidently. And so he's going to spoil his honey later on this afternoon. Or, or maybe you got very, very creative this year like Ted did. Now, who's Ted? Well, one day two friends were chatting, and their, their names was Sam and Ted. And Sam asked Ted whether he had bought his wife anything for Valentine's Day. He said, absolutely. Ted replied rapidly, he said, I bought her a belt and I bought her a bag. Wow, that is thoughtful. I hope, I hope she likes them, Sam responded. And Ted grinned, me too, brother. I'm hoping now that that vacuum cleaner will work even better. <laughs> Maybe some of y'all got very creative. <laughs> this Valentine's Day, I don't know. But all all joking aside, Valentine's Day is a reminder of a certain word that we like to use. And that word is called what? Love. We, we, We just sang about it, right? And everyone, in one way or another, wants to be loved. No matter if you are a child, a teenager, if you are an adult, an introvert, an extrovert, one of the 16 different types of personalities... No matter if you're type A, type B, AB, or old blood, if you're a cat fan or a card fan, right Zoe, wherever she is this morning. Whatever you are. Maybe you're a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. I don't know. Maybe you're not a fan at all. Maybe you're a Reds fan. But people, they want to be loved and hopefully they want to love what? They want to love other people as well. But part of our issue with love is that many people don't know how to love in a Christ-like manner. See, many times our our love is conditional. Or our love is based upon our own mood or our loved one's actions. Maybe their appearance. Maybe it's their attitude. Sometimes our, our love is based off our experiences in our what? In our past. Whether if it was our home environment. Oh, the relationships that we have experienced through the years. And what about our love for Jesus? What about that love? You know, throughout my years of ministry, I've heard people say this. I just don't love the church like I used to. I've heard people say this. And see, I believe when we say that, we're honestly saying is this, my love for Jesus and my love for people are just, they're, it's just not where it needs to what? Where it needs to be. And I realize that love can be a tricky thing. Sometimes, but falling in and falling out of love seems to be a growing commonality in our everyday relationships and our relationships with Christ and our relationships with the church. So my question to you today is this, and this is in your sermon outline. I pray that you have those. Get those out, get your pen ready, get a pencil ready as we work through those together. My question for you today is this, how... Do we constantly remain or abide in the love of Jesus? Don't you think we're a people that needs to know that? I mean, let's be honest with each other. The definition of love has changed throughout the years, has it not? The definition of love, it's becoming more conditional. Well, if you do this, I'll love you. If you look this way, I'll love you. If you do what I want you to do, then I'll love you. And here's the thing. Because our love, the definition of love has changed, our love for Jesus has changed. And if our love for Jesus changes, then guess what else changes? Our love for each each other. And so our love for the church changes. So how in the world do we get this heart, how do we grow to an understanding that I don't fall in love and then out of love with Jesus? I don't fall in love and then out of love with the church. So how do we stay committed? How do we have a resolve about us that says, God, I am in this for the long what? I'm in this for the long haul. Well, I think we can find exactly what we're looking for in the Word of God. John 15, verses 9 through 17. Listen to these words. Title of the sermon this morning is stay in his what? Stay in his love. John 15, verses 9 through 17. Listen to these words. As the Father has what? Loved me. So have I loved you. Now remain in my what? Remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. It just keeps repeating. What? Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that He laid down His life for His friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. If I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business, instead I've called you friends for everything that I have learned from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name, and this is my command. What? Love each other. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that we got to come this morning. We got to give of our tithes. We got to give of our our, our gifts, our rewards. Father, we thank you so much for that. Lord, we thank you that we came this morning and, and Billy has led us in music and our hearts have opened up in song this morning to you, dear God. And, Lord, now we come to hear your word preached. And, Father, I pray this morning that we don't just hear the word, but, Father, we react. Lord, we want to do something better in our lives, and not just for us, God, but for you and for those around us, Lord. Father, there's a lot of people that struggle with this word love. God, it's something that makes us crazy. Lord, and it's something that drives us nuts. It's something that puts fear in us sometimes, Lord. It's exciting. All these different emotions that come with this little four-letter word called love, dear God. But Father, we need to get it right, Lord. We need to understand what love is. It's not conditional. Lord, love is unconditional. And so, Father, I pray this morning as people listen to these words, whether they're here or whether they're at home listening, God, open up our hearts, Lord, for your love so that we may love you and through that we may love others the way you want us to. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Now Jesus had a lot to say about this word love and his final night with his followers this was no exception during the course of the evening and this evening begins in john chapter 13 and it carries through through john chapter 17 jesus uses the love word no less than 30 times in 18 different verses so it does not take a bible scholar to see that love means a lot to who it means a lot to Jesus. And this was his central message to the disciples and to the world. So if love meant a lot to Jesus, then love should mean a lot to who? It should mean a lot to us. This should mean a tremendous amount to us. The scripture that we're going to read this morning, it takes place just minutes after Judas's betrayal, just hours before Jesus would be handed over to the Romans, just hours before Peter's foretold denial, just hours before the disciples would scatter in fear, just hours before Jesus would be whipped and scourged, just hours before Jesus would be mocked, just hours before Jesus would be sent to die on a cross. But guess what Jesus taught about Guess what he taught about? Love. How many people would do that? How many people, when when the last thought on your mind, you know that fear's coming? You know that people are going to desert you? You know people are going to go in fear and hide? You you know that you're going to a cross to die for the sins of the world? How many people, in their mind, the word love would be their central message of just a few hours before they went? To meet their maker. But this is what Jesus taught about. See, Jesus knew that tragedy was on the way. Jesus knew that torture was on the way. He knew he would have to relinquish to this torture. He knew that his life would be taken from him. And he knew the fear that the disciples were getting ready to encounter. Yet Jesus wanted to share with his disciples the importance of what love looked Like. And this is where your sermon outline starts this morning. Are you ready? Because in verse 9, here's what we learn Abiding in the love of Christ is what? It's continuous. It's continuous. And again, this is a word that we sometimes struggle with. And so the wording of remain in my love, if you got the King James Version (coughs) this morning, excuse me, I believe it says continue ye in my love. This is not something to overlook because the word remain or the word continue in the Greek, mino, that word means to continue. It means to be kept continually, continuously, not to perish, not to depart from, but to last. See, Jesus wanted them to understand that the Father's love for him, it wasn't momentary, or that his love for the disciples, it wasn't momentary. But Jesus was telling him that his love for them would never What? It would never end it would never depart and isn't that what a lot of people are afraid of today aren't many people afraid that they're in their relationships that they're afraid somebody's going to quit what somebody's going to quit loving them and all of us want to be what We want to be loved. I don't care if you are a hermit. I don't care what age you are, what education you come from, what background you come from, what your nationality is, what color your skin is, what color your hair is, what color your eye is, if you're rich, poor, in between. Everybody wants to be what? They want to be loved. And many people today, love scares them to death because they feel like, well, I can't control someone else's love for who? for me but yet there's someone out there the creator of the world that says i will never stop what i'll never stop loving you i'll never forsake you see he's what teaches us what love is it's an unconditional love jesus don't look at us and say well when the going gets tough i'm just going to what i'm just going to walk out on you well when you don't do what I want you to do, I'm just gonna what? I'm just gonna walk out on you. Well when you don't love me as much as I love you, I'm just gonna walk out on you. Oh no, 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 that's not what Jesus does. Jesus says, I will always what? I think we can learn a lot from Jesus. Amen. Individually, corporately, in our relationships, in our marriages. See, Jesus wanted them to understand all of this about love. So how do we continue? How do we remain in the love of Jesus? Well, I've got some asterisks on your sermon outline this morning. You ready? I want you to look at those. This is where some, and I gave you some Bible scripture as well. Matthew 6, You want to remain in the love of Christ? Seek his what? Seek his will. Now notice it doesn't say seek his will for you. You seek his will. Amen. Most of us, we get, we, we, we get fallen in this trap. Well, God, I want to know what is your will for me. That's not what I said. I said, seek his what? Seek his will. Seek his will. The next one is this, 1 Thessalonians five seventeen. Pray what? Pray continuously. Don't give up, church. Amen? Don't give up. Well, Donnie, I've been praying and I've been praying and I've been praying. God's not doing it. God's not doing it. God's not doing it. How do you know? Because God works in some ways that you don't see, amen? You know, there's a lot of people out in this life, great things happen to them. New jobs, maybe a relationship, health improves. And they'll say, well, I don't believe in Jesus, I don't believe in the church, I don't believe in God. I bet you I wouldn't be surprised somebody's praying for them. (laughs) And God reigns on those that don't believe in Him as well, amen? Intercessory prayer. That's what we do, right? I, I will never forget, I was working at Lifeway. I worked there for two years. I was substitute teaching in the day, and I was working at Lifeway in the afternoon. And I'm working at Lifeway, and it's about, I think it was between 6, 7 o'clock. lady in her late 80s comes into the, to, to Lifeway, and I'm at the front door. I said, man, what can I help you with? She said, well, young man, she said, I need a Bible. I said, hey, we got a bunch of them. Right, we're Lifeway. What's your flavor? What are you you looking for? She said, "She said whatever you suggest." And this lady's late eighties, and she is smiling from ear to ear. Are you with me? You ever seen one of those smiles—the ones that don't stop? Not just a little quirk, but I mean the smile from ear to ear. And I'm thinking something's happened in this woman's life. We go over. We start picking out a Bible. She says, "Can I put my husband's name on the Bible?" I said, absolutely, yes ma'am. I said, it takes us about 20 minutes or so. I said, is it for a special occasion? She said, well, my husband is 90 and I've been praying for him for the last 70 some years that he gets saved. And yesterday he received the Lord as a Savior. And you're telling me that don't work. But we give up quickly, don't we? we give up quickly pray continually here's the next one continue in what corporate worship that's what you're doing today continue in corporate worship church you need this and and the more people that get vaccinated and feel more safe coming back and back you're going to see our numbers rise up and listen to me i'm telling you right now people are struggling spiritually People are struggling spiritually, and a lot of that struggle is becoming because they've been out of church for a year. They have been out of corporate worship for a year, and I'm telling you, because I've been there in my past, the longer you stay away, the easier it is to continue to stay what? And you may be thinking, but Brother Donnie, I'm watching every Sunday. Listen, there's going to have to come a time you're going to have to ask yourself, God, when is it okay that I come what? When's it okay that I come back? I have never guilted any of our church family in coming or staying home and watching, and I never will. That's a decision you've got to pray about and make in your heart. But listen to me. How will you ever use your spiritual gifts for your brothers and sisters if we just stay at home? At some point, we've got to get back into what? Into corporate worship. God said, hey, listen. He said, don't stop meeting like some have accustomed to. Amen? We want you to come together. We want you to be together. So how do we know? How do we remain? Corporate worship is a great example. The next one is this. Study the what? Study the Word of God. Are you reading your Bible? Are you reading your Bible? Every day I put a verse on my Facebook. Every single day was something I started at the beginning of the new year. I hadn't been doing it as much as I wanted to. But every day I put a new verse on my Facebook. If you don't have my Facebook, follow me. Because if that's all you get in that day, then at least get what? At least get that. Study the word. It's the inspired word of God, good for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. And then the next one is this. You want to abide in God's love, then we got to share the what? we got to share the gospel. we got to share the gospel. That's how you feel that connection, amen? It's sharing the gospel, sharing the love of Christ, sharing with other people what Jesus has done for you. When's the last time you shared your testimony? I'm going to dabble. You ready? I'm going to dabble a little bit. When's the last time you shared your testimony with someone? This is what Jesus has done in my life. Well, Brother Donnie, I can't do it because I I get all emotional. I get all emotional. That's good because somebody needs to what? They need to see that. They need to see how Jesus has affected your life. It's okay if you get emotional. It's okay if you tear up. It's okay if you've got to say, well, give me a second. Let me get my thoughts collected. It's okay. People want to know how Jesus has changed your what? Your life. They want to see it. They want to know it. You know, someone once said, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. I think those words are very true. And then number two is this. Abiding in the love of Christ is joyfully what? It's joyfully shared. Abiding in the love of Christ is joyfully shared. For many folks, when they read, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. For many people, they take that to be legalistic or conditional. But let me ask you, is it though? I've I've heard people say, well, Jesus only loves me if I obey Him. No, 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 no. Jesus' love for us never fails. It never leaves. But here, this church, it's one thing to say Jesus loves me. It's a whole other thing to say I love Jesus. That's a whole different thing. Conversation. Can you say that? Do you love Jesus? Because if you love Jesus, you've received his love and you will continually respond to that love all throughout your life. When we sing, Oh, how I love Jesus, do you mean it? Do you mean it? Jesus said that the first and greatest commandment is this love the Lord. Your God with all of your what? With all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your what? And with all of your strength. Our love for God, our love for Jesus must be the driving force of our lives. And when we love Jesus, we will love others. Well, Brother Donnie, why is that? Because Jesus said the second commandment is this. Love your neighbor as your what? As yourself. See, loving Jesus, the abundant life giver, the forgiver of our sins, the, the one that brings us eternity, see, see, for some people that's easy, but loving imperfect people, that's more challenging. And it requires some action on our own part, but if we love God, we also must love our brothers and our sisters because the love of Jesus isn't be hoarded or kept to ourselves, but that love is to be What? It's to be shared. Jesus said from the words of John, If you don't love others, you don't love me. If you don't love others, then you really don't love who? Then you really don't love Jesus. So how in the world can we condition ourselves to say, Well, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. Well, I love Jesus, but I don't want any part of the church. How do you say that and live with that within yourself? Because you are telling yourself, well, God, I love you, but I'm not going to love who? I'm not going to love others. And I'm afraid many people have fallen into this trap with love, and that's not what Jesus wants from our lives. Jesus said, if you're going to love me, you've got to love who? You've got to love each other. You've got to open your heart to each other. And church, let me ask you this. What is it that brings you joy in your relationship with Jesus? I want you to think about this. For me, it's loving Jesus in practical ways. Well, so Brother Donnie, what do you mean? Worship, Bible study, prayer, fellowship, and loving others. And let me ask you, how much of that have we missed out on over the last year? How much of that have we missed out on the last year? Small group studies? Fellowship with each other? These are all things that we've been missing out over the last year. And we're just praying, God, heal our what? Heal our lands, Lord. Take this virus, Lord. Distinguish this virus, because we want to get back to doing the things that we love. To do, I can tell you our Sunday school class, we meet right here, and we don't like it. Well, Brother Donnie, be thankful you have somewhere to meet. Yes, Lord, we are. But we have a class up on the second floor that's a little smaller, that's more intimate. And we like that small setting. Well, why? Because when we talk, we get to look at each other. All the way around the room, I can see every eye that's in that room. It's an intimate setting. It's a small setting. We get openness with each other. We fellowship with each other. And people are genuine with each other. And the older that I get, the more that I understand that that joy that we have in Jesus, it helps us through hard times, difficult times, And the trying times. But if we don't have that joy and if we don't have that love in Jesus, if we don't love others, then how can we abide in that love and in that joy? And then number three this morning is this. Abiding in the love of Christ is sacrificial. It's sacrificial. In verses 13 through 15, the word friends appears three times. So it's easy to see that Jesus, as well as John, was putting a huge emphasis on the word of friendship. And friendship in the Greek-Roman world was especially important. It was commonly recognized that the supreme duty of friendship may involve self-sacrifice for one friend, even to the point of what? Of death. And I want you to look at this. Look what Jesus says who his friends are in verse 14. He said, you are my friends if you do what I command. Well, what are the commands? Love Jesus and love who? And love each other. Love Jesus with all that you are. And love each other. And then when the disciples heard these words of Jesus, there's no doubt in my mind, they were probably a little bit confused. See, they didn't know that in a matter of hours, Jesus was going to literally take his life in his own hands for his friends. He would soon make that ultimate sacrifice. And in verse 13, he says, greater love has no one than this, than he that laid down his life for his friends. The same sacrifice and friendships are offered today because the gospel has been made open to anyone who's willing to confess Jesus as Lord and as Savior and to believe in their hearts that God raised Him from the dead. Why? Because love is sacrificial, love builds friendships, and love creates openness. And church, let me tell you this. Are you ready? The most intimate friendships and the most loving friendships that I've ever had in my life came through the local church. And that's just the truth. The best friendships that I've ever had in my life have come through the local church. See, we sacrifice for each other. We build friendships that are eternal, and we create an openness and a commitment between each other. And then, number four is this abiding in the love of Christ is what? It's rewarding. Abiding in the love of Jesus Christ it's rewarding. It was common in the first century Palestine for disciples. They would attach themselves to a particular rabbi, not vice versa. But Jesus broke that mold because he was the initiator of the discipleship. They didn't choose him, but Jesus said, I chose what? He said, I chose you. He appointed them and he set them apart for a great purpose. Jesus called the disciples. He said, I want you to go and I want you to bear what? I want you to bear fruit. Fruit that would last. And whatever they needed to fulfill those ministries, Jesus said, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Now, church, listen. When Jesus chose these 12 men, it wasn't about privilege. It wasn't about purpose. He chose these men to spread the gospel that would change the what? The world. Some may ask, well, preacher, tell me, what's the reward? Well, I see at least three rewards in verses 16 through 17. And they're on your sermon outline this morning. Reward number one is this. We get to bear fruit for the world to what? for the world to see. That's a reward. We get to bear love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness. And church, listen, the world needs these things, amen? Right now, they need them more than ever. People need to see love in us because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. They need to see goodness. Listen to me, church. There's enough evilness and hatefulness out here already, amen? Everywhere you look, there's evil. Everywhere you look, there's hatefulness. People need to see something different. They need to see something different. Jesus said in John 15, 4, he said, No branch can bear fruit by itself. It's got to remain in the vine. Fruit is produced by staying in the love of Jesus. And some people, I've had Christians come to me, and they've told me, they said, Preacher, I'm just not where i need to be in my life and do you know many times it's because we're not abiding in the love of jesus many times it's because we've taken a step away many times it's because we've walked away many times it's because we've left church out of who we are and then we feel like brother donnie i just can't love people and listen to me when you're not loving god and when you're not loving people you're not going to bear what you're not going to bear fruit And then reward number two is this. The Father says, I'm going to equip you for the journey. I'm going to equip you. Now, why would Jesus answer their prayers? Why would Jesus answer our prayers? Because they are producing fruit while abiding in the love of Jesus, and we're called to do the exact same thing. Jesus is going to equip you to do His what? His will. He's going to equip you. To do His will, and then reward number three is this: What do we get to do? We get to what? We get to love one another. We get to love one another. You know, a, a lot of folks will, will will tell you. You know, I, I just I've never found a church family. You know, Brother Donnie, I, I've been in some and it was okay, but listen to me: If you've ever been in a church family that you loved and they loved you back, it may be a feeling that you've never experienced in your life. But listen to me, love's a two-way street, amen? You've got a part to play in that. You know, I've had people come to my office, well, Brother Donnie, I I came to church this morning, and, and nobody even spoke to me. It's just cold. Nobody even spoke to me. And I look at people, and I was like, did you speak? Did you say hi? Did you say hello? Did you give a hand of acceptance? Did you make an effort? Well, well no, but Brother Donovan, they just walked right past me. Listen, it's a two-way street. Amen? We got to love too. And Christ has given us this great responsibility as Christians to share the love with others that has changed our lives, changed our direction, and changed our eternity. Christ is going to equip you and reward you in prayer to help share this love as long as we're doing it in His will. Nothing, according to Jesus, is more important than loving God. And loving who? Loving people. And you know what? That's what you're going to be remembered by when you die. When you die, that's how people is going to remember you, is by the way that you loved, who you were. That's how you're going to impact people. For their future, for their eternities, the way we love people. So let's make love our our goal, not just on Valentine's Day, but in our hearts every moment of every day. And if we love each other as God has loved us, then we will become a church of love, and we will act like a magnet drawing people into this facility who are starving for the love of Jesus and the salvation that he offers. That's what they're going to see. If somebody asked you this morning, have you received the love of Jesus? What would you say? Now listen, there's a difference. Well, yeah, I know God. I I didn't ask you if you know God. I said, have you received God? Have you received Jesus? Jesus, I know that you love me. I, I carry this in my Bible. And it stays in my Bible everywhere that I go. And when somebody comes to me and they say, Brother Donnie, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I pray with them, and then I had them repeat this. It's very simplistic. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who lived, died, and rose again to give people salvation, forgiveness of sin, and eternal life. Father, forgive me of my sins and guide me in your grace that I may do your will. From this day forward, I give you my life. Lord, I give you my heart and my service unto you. At this moment, I confess you as Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Everywhere I go, this stays with me. Have you prayed that prayer? Because if you haven't prayed that prayer, how will you ever continue in the love of God? If you haven't prayed that prayer, how are you ever going to love people the way God intended you to love? I've said this a thousand times, and I want you to listen to me real quickly. If your love vertically is not right with God, how is your love horizontally with people going to be right? And I have counseled so many people through my 12 years of ministry, marriages, relationships, fusses in the church. And can I tell you what it all boils down to? A four letter word called love because their hearts are not right with who? With God. I beg you this morning. Billy's going to come and we're going to sing. If your heart is not right with God, He can fix that today. He can open up your heart. And, church, I'm not just talking about those that are saved this morning. I'm talking to every single one of us here. Whether you've been saved, if you're a Christian, have been saved for 30, 40 years. Maybe you've had a heart block. Maybe there's some valves that are not pumping the way they need to be pumping. Amen? This morning would be a great time to come and just pray, Father, open up my heart to you, Lord, so I can open up my heart to other people. As we sing this morning, will you stand?